In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Bahar, we learn about the mitzvah of Shemitah. What is Shemitah? Sabbatical year. The Torah says, when you come to the land that I'm giving you, the land should rest a Shabbos to Hashem. You should plow your field for six years and prune your vineyards and gather in your produce. But in the seventh year, the land will have a complete rest, a Shabbos to Hashem. You should not sow your field. You should not prune your vineyard. You should not reap your harvest. And you should not pick the grapes that you have set aside for yourself. For it is a year of rest for the land. So this year is actually a Shemitah year. Every seven years, farmers in the land of Israel are commanded to take a year off. Let the field lie fallow. All produce that grows in the field is free for the poor to take. And the farmers essentially devote their year to studying Torah. And uh, in fact, there's a campaign in my synagogue that we got together and um, rented plots of land from farmers in Israel so that we could help support them to not work this year. It's an amazing thing, actually. We, but, it's, but it's very interesting. The Torah really describes it in some way to Shabbos. And in both mitzvahs, the Torah goes out of its way to first mention that you have to work for six days. You have to work for six years, and in the seventh, you rest. What's the significance of working as a prerequisite almost to get to the level of Shabbos or the level of Shemitah? Now, now the Talmud actually uh, mentions this idea that if a person doesn't work Arab Shabbos, preparing food for Shabbos, then he has nothing to eat on Shabbos. And this is compared to the next world. Shabbos is a taste of the next world. Me'ain olam haba. A taste of the world to come. And essentially, the metaphor is that if you don't work on yourself in this world, then you'll have nothing to appreciate in the next world. The next world of pure spirituality where we, we enjoy the growth and the connection and the spirituality that we achieved in this world. The next world is a world of pure consciousness where we lose our physicality and all we're left with is our spirituality. If you spent your life refining yourself and learning to appreciate and connect to spirituality, then you have something to enjoy in the next world. So this week we just celebrated Lagba Omer, which is the anniversary of the departure from this world of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai who is the author of the Zohar of Kabbalah. And Rabbi Shimon has a very interesting opinion in the Talmud. I'll share with you one of the most famous debates in the Talmud. Rabbi Yishmal says that there's an obligation, a person has an obligation to work the land, to get a job, to work, and spend most of their time working, and in any free time that they have, they have to learn Torah. Torah is a mitzvah incumbent on us to do any time that we're not occupied in other essential matters of feeding ourselves, providing for our families, 
uh, eating, sleeping, all other time that we're not busy with that, we should be learning Torah. That's what Rabbi Yishmael says. Rabbi Shimon, on the other hand, has an, an extreme opinion. Rabbi Shimon says, if you plow in the time of plowing and you plant in the time of planting and you reap and harvest in the time of reaping and harvesting, what's going to be with your Torah learning? You'll be busy all year. Says Rabbi Shimon, rather a person should spend their entire time learning Torah. They shouldn't work. And Hashem will provide for them miraculously. That's Rabbi Shimon's opinion. And the Talmud concludes that many try to do like Rabbi Yishmael. They got jobs, they worked, and they learned Torah in the free time. Like according to Jewish law, a person is supposed to learn a little bit of Torah in the morning, a little bit of Torah at night. It's enough. One minute in the morning, one minute at night. If you have a little more time, five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, an hour here, an hour there. But that's it. And they were successful. They were successful in their earning a living and they were successful in their Torah learning. And Talmud says, and there are those that tried to do like Rabbi Shimon. They didn't work. And they failed miserably. They were poor. They ended up not learning properly and not eating properly. And it didn't work out well. So until today, there's a debate really along these lines in uh, modern day Israel. There's a lot of uh, religious people who, who spend time learning full time. And the secular state of Israel is very upset. What do you mean? Why well, you're not you're not supporting yourselves? You're not joining the army? Well, what are you doing for society? Now, of course, the Torah perspective is that you're doing a lot for society. Le learning Torah is a, is an essential thing to help protect the state of Israel. Provides as much protection, if not more, than the IDF. And yet, it's a debate even amongst Orthodox Jews. For throughout time, we never had. So many people devoting themselves to learning Torah full-time. And in the Hasidic world today, it's not really a thing to learn Torah full-time, except for very unique people. Um, in other religious communities, it's more normative and more of an ideal. But but throughout history, it was not really an ideal. It was There were certain in, individuals. Every community had a kolel. Every Jewish community supported a certain amount of people who were the elite scholars to engage in scholarship just like you would have in any society you have uh you have universities that 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 pay people tons and tons of money to just study shakespeare as if that's doing something for the world but learning torah on the other hand we believe really does something for the world much more than the study of shakespeare um but it's it's not for everyone to do full-time because there's a reality there's a world people have to work as the talmud says but what, what's really with Rebbe Shimon? What does Rebbe Shimon have against work? Because it seems a little bit antithetical to the, the Torah portion that we just learned today. The Torah makes it very clear, almost commands us to work for six days, to work for six years, and only to take off on Shabbos. So it seems like Rebbe Shimon has a personal vendetta against work. What's Rebbe Shimon's issue with work? So in the Zohar, Rabbi Shimon is referred to as Shabbos. Rabbi Shimon is actually called Shabbos. And there's a concept that, that righteous people embody the idea of Shabbos. What's, what's the significance of Shabbos? In fact, the name Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is the numerical value 702, which is the same numerical value of the word Shabbos. So I, I was struggling with this a few years ago, thinking about this idea. And then I learned a piece of Talmud that 
literally on a Friday morning before this this parsha that that that, that blew my mind. The the, the parsha says as follows: that if a person finds themselves lost in the desert and doesn't know what day it is, so how does he keep Shabbos? What does he do? So the Talmud brings two different opinions. One opinion is that you count from whatever day it is. You don't have any idea where you're in the desert. You don't know if it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You count seven days. Count seven days from that day. So wherever, whatever day it really is, you say today's Sunday. Monday, next day is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And on the seventh, you, you keep Shabbos that day. That's uh, You make Kiddush. That's the opinion of Rev Huna. And Rav Chia says, no, you keep Shabbos right away on that day. The day you wake up in the desert, you have no idea what day it is, keep Shabbos. And then count six days after that, and then keep the next Shabbos. So the Talmud asks, what's the, what's the reason behind these opinions? So it says, Rav Huna says, it's like, like Hashem. You count six days, and then Shabbos, the way the world was created. Six days, and then Shabbos. So, makes sense, right? Like we just mentioned from this week's Parsha. So what's the opinion of Rabbi Chia, that you keep Shabbos and then count six days? Says Rabbi Chia, it's like Adam, the first man. Adam was born into Shabbos. He didn't have to work for six days. He was born into a world that right before Shabbos, he, wrote, he entered right into Shabbos. From this, we can learn an amazing thing about Rabbi Shimon. Why do we have to work? Why is there a mitzvah to work, so to speak? So one of the curses of Adam after the sin, after he ate from the tree, was from the sweat of your brow you will eat bread. Adam was in, born into the Garden of Eden. He was born into a perfect world of completion. He had all his needs taken care of, food. He didn't have to do anything. In fact, he was a fruitarian. Some some say others. The angel, uh, the majrashim say that angels brought him uh, different types of foods to eat. But he didn't have to do any work. After the sin, he suddenly has to go out into the world and learn to plow fields and deal with thorns and thistles and planting wheat. What, what changed? The idea is that before the eating of the tree, Adam was a purely spiritual being, and there was no need to go into the world of physicality because it was all clear to him so that adam could see from one end of the world to the other he was living a completely spiritual existence he was a, a soul that had a body after the sin the primary function of the sin the tree of knowledge of good and evil is that knowledge das in hebrew has to do with the idea of intimate connection adam knew eve Knowledge is when something is mixed together. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Good and evil became mixed up after the eating of the tree. Essentially, Adam became a body. And he threw the world into turmoil, into a world of chaos, where spirituality was scattered throughout the world of physicality. And everything became blurry and mixed up. Now Adam's job is to go out into the physical world, to plow the fields, to work the land in order to find the sparks of spirituality, sparks of godliness that are hidden within everything. That's our job in this world. It's the curse of Adam. Work. Work is a curse. We don't want to work. We have to work. Goal of work 
is to refine the physical world. That's what we're doing. Every job, no matter what it is, is seeking order, is seeking unity, is seeking to make a garden out of the wild weeds of this world. Rabbi Shimon, and that's the that's our job. That's all of our jobs in this world. Rabbi Shimon was on a different level. Rabbi Shimon was living in the world of Shabbos. He had refined himself to the point that he was beyond this world. He was living in a spiritual existence. The Talmud tells us that Rabbi Shimon uh, was wanted by the Romans who were seeking to kill him. And he went into hiding in, in the woods in a cave with his son in Israel. And they stayed in the cave for 12 years. During their time in the cave, they lived in a completely spiritual existence. The Talmud says they, they were naked, just like Adam. They covered their bodies with sand. And they learned Torah all day. There was a uh, miraculous well of water right next to them and a carob tree with which they sustained themselves. Again, fruitarian like Adam. And they uh, they stayed there for 12 years learning the secrets of Torah. I was thinking this morning that perhaps the significance of the idea that they were covered in sand. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I haven't really figured it out yet, but perhaps one idea is that the word sand in Hebrew is chol. Chol is the same as the, the Hebrew word for the weak, mundane. The mundane. Rabbi Shimon, who represents Shabbos, right? Multi Shabbos, when we make Havdal, we say, Lahavdil ben Kodesh, Lachol, to separate between holy and mundane. Rabbi Shimon represents Shabbos. He represents the righteous person. He represents the spark of holiness that's where everything's clear. He covered himself in sand. What's the significance of that? Perhaps. And, and I'm thinking now there's there's many ways we can flip this. He's Shabbos, who's surrounded by the days of the week. He is uplifting the days of the week without having to work, just simply by his very spiritual nature. The week almost doesn't exist. He transcends the week, the mundane. Perhaps another explanation is the the um we mentioned a few times in recent classes that the the word for whole mundane actually is, the root of the word is the word halal which means an empty space a vacuum a corpse the we live in a world and this is actually debated by the kabbalists the the Baal Shem Tov versus the students of the Vilna Gon argued about how God created the world. According to Kabbalah, the, the, the explanation is that God, who is everything, all everything is God, God is infinite oneness, was all there was. So how did he create a world of other, a world of disconnection from him? So the Arizal explains that he created a halal, an empty space, a vacuum. And in that vacuum, he injected very constricted pieces of his essence that eventually created a physical world. So we live in this empty space. And the debate amongst the Kabbalists is whether the empty space is a real empty space or whether it's just the illusion 
of an empty space. But regardless, it's a debate that's beyond my, me. Regardless of however you spin it, we live in a world that looks empty. It looks empty of God. You have to seek God out. You have to break through the physicality in order to find God. Says Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon removes his clothes and he puts his essence, his naked essence into the sand, into the halal, into the empty space to show that the emptiness is really full of God's essence. Perhaps, perhaps that's the message. After 12 years in the cave, Rabbi Shimon comes out of the cave and they immediately see somebody plowing the field. And Rabbi Shimon looks at him. He says, how could a person be plowing their field? They should be learning Torah all, all day. What are they doing? And he immediately burns the man up with his eyes. Flames throw out of his eyes, pour out of his eyes, and the man burns up. And a heavenly voice booms out. I didn't tell you to come out of the cave in order to destroy my world. Get back in the cave. And Rabbi Shimon and his son go back in the cave for another 12 months. And this time they come out, and now they really got the message. This time they come out, and they see again a man running after having just worked his field. He's running in from his field. And they ask him, where are you going? He says, I'm going home for Shabbos. And suddenly Rabbi Shimon gets it. Ah, I get it. We're, the rest of the world is working, but why are they working? They're working for Shabbos. They're working to get to the level of Shabbos. Me, says Rabbi Shimon, I'm already on the level of Shabbos. But everyone else has to work to get to Shabbos. So I think that's the message here is that we need to work. We need to work. But the goal of our working is to get to Shabbos, is to get to that place of recognition, of recognition that all there is is God. And a few unique people Rabbi Shimon and his son are able to get there without the work. The rest of us has to go through the work. Shabbos is a taste of the world to come. What does that mean? Olam haba, the world to come. It's the world that comes through the work that we do in this world. It's a taste of the destination. Shabbos is the destination. The destination of this world is to get to a place of connection to God. Shabbos is the day when we taste that connection. It's the day when we're not running anywhere. But during the week, we're running to build ourselves, to build the world, and to ultimately try to fix the world, to make it into a spiritual existence. So, may we be blessed that this Shabbos and every Shabbos, for us to connect to a taste of our true essence, a, a taste of arrival. This is the world of working. Shabbos is the world of destination. We should all be blessed to connect to our true destination, which is to return to our source, to return to the world that's a world of true connection, of true being.